Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello there and welcome back. I hope you'll pardon me if I sound like I have a cold or a stuffy nose because I do. Um, so the main topic today is the full moon that's coming up on Monday, January 17th around 6.46 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, so I'm going to have some journal prompts and yoga practices as always for that after I, you know, briefly explain the kind of energies at play and what to expect for this full moon and then, you know, always tie it together with some journal prompts for you and yoga practices. Um to better harness and work with the energy of this full moon, let it move through your body, um, through the yoga practice, through your mind with the journal prompts. So I hope you'll enjoy those. Um, briefly before I start covering the full moon, I want to quickly remind you of some things that I talked about last week on the episode that kind of served as a January outlook, but there's just a lot, there wasn't a whole lot happening astrologically last week. Um, all the things I covered are pretty much happening over the course of like this weekend. So I'm recording this. It's Friday, January 14th. I'm going to put it out as soon as I get done recording it. I meant to have it recorded sooner to have it out by like yesterday, but the cold and stuff, it just didn't happen this week. Um, but it's okay because you don't really, you know, you can do your full moon practice whenever y'all, if you've been around a while, you know, I'm not super dogmatic about it. You know, it's still, in my opinion, it might also, it might even be more helpful for you to have the information closer to the actual event itself. Um, but as always, you can totally revisit it. And when I post, um, in the membership, I post the journal prompts as like, like they're in written out format. So if you don't want to have to like take notes and you want to have that resource to just refer back to, that's the membership. Also at or around noon Eastern time today is when the price of the membership is going up and the founder's price will be gone forever. I've kind of covered that a lot um, on this podcast. So if you're not familiar with it, I don't know. I spent a few minutes talking about it the last episode. Um, so that might be good to revisit. But all of the stuff that's happening that I covered last episode that in my opinion very much affects the energy of the full moon and you'll see why when I start talking about the full moon um, are the sun entering Capricorn today Mercury going retrograde in Capricorn today um, and then Mars enters Sagittarius on Sunday the 16th and that is all happening like right now right and like 
before the full moon in kind of what might be considered the shadow period of the full moon. I've actually had some friends and folks tell me that they've already been feeling the shadow period of Mercury retrograde, even though it technically starts today. Um, I know I was feeling the effects of it earlier this week too. So most events, most astrological events, they're not like, like I'll tell you the time that they happen, but it's not like that instant is the only time we feel the effects. That's just like the peak of it or like with a retrograde, for instance, it's like the exact moment that it starts, but it stations retrograde or, you know, it stations, which means from our point of view, it appears to stop moving before it appears to start moving backwards. So the planets don't ever actually start moving backwards. They're moving along their orbit of the sun as they usually would. It's just everything in astrology is described as from Earth's point of view. So they appear to be moving backwards from our point of view. And this is to go a little more in detail into retrogrades because Mercury is retrograde as of today and also Venus is retrograde and I've spent a lot of time recently talking about those two things because I think it's a big deal but I also like I don't know if I ever took a moment to just explain what retrogrades in general to like explicit I think I kind of brushed on it or in a roundabout way said this but I never explicitly said like in general this is what's indicated for retrogrades so I'm going to do that now. So like I was just saying, a retrograde isn't a time when the planet is actually physically moving backwards. It just appears to be moving backwards from our point of view. And so astrologic, that's what it means astronomically. Astrologically, what it means is the energy, the normal energy of how that planet would be affecting us can be distorted in some way. Either it's heightened or it's diminished usually is, is what I've seen. And this, this can um, vary based on which one it will be, depending on a few different factors. So like perhaps if you have the retro, that planet retrograde in your birth chart, you might feel a little bit more at home in those retrogrades, but that's not always true. That's not like a hard and fast rule because I have Mercury retrograde in my birth chart and Mercury retrograde affects me more than it affects like a lot of people, I think, or at least I feel like it does. Um, so, and I've also heard the same thing, like I was recently talking with somebody the other day who had Saturn retrograde in their birth chart and felt pretty, um, so basically you would look at how these things play out in your life. Like if you have a retrograde planet in your birth chart, you would ask yourself, do you normally have like issues around that planet? If not, then you might feel a little more at home with the retrograde. If you do, then the retrograde might affect you more. But then also it can vary depending on what sign the retrograde is currently happening in because that sign might be a trouble spot for you. It might be, you know, just there's a lot of factors. And so I can't give you a hard and fast rule about when it's, when the effects of the retrograde or the effects of the planet are going to be amplified or diminished by a retrograde, but those are just some ideas. And if you want more clarity, it's the kind of stuff we could go over in a reading, or you could ask me about in the membership where you have more direct access to ask me questions. I mean, you could, you could like message me on social media, but those complex questions get a little hard um, to answer, but I'm always, I'm around, you can get up with me. Um, but so the effects of the planet during a retrograde 
are either heightened or diminished, and it depends on your own personal factors on which it's going to be. But I think generally, like you're going to know. You probably don't need me to tell you unless you just want to know ahead of time, but you're going to feel it. You're going to check in and and you're going to know whether, so for example, with Mercury retrograde, especially in Capricorn, um, well, before I get there, um, just in general, still speaking in general about retrogrades, it's a time to think about RE words, especially related to the energy of that planet or and or sign. So just, I tried to brainstorm a list of RE words, uh, for this. So, and I actually, then I ended up dividing them into categories for Mercury versus Venus. So I'll just go ahead and the most common ones are like reorganize, review, um, reflect, reinforce, revise, research. So basically during retrograde periods, you just want to be a little extra careful because so like if the effects of say Mercury, which rules communication and, um, thinking, if they are amplified for you, you might find that you're during the retrograde, it's like a fantastic time for communication and you're clearing up your inbox and it's great and it feels, you know, awesome. And you're, really saying what you mean and not uh, ever coming out sideways or coming off in the wrong way. And maybe that's the case for you during Mercury retrograde. Or maybe it's the case where the effects of Mercury are diminished. And so this is another thing. If Mercury is weak in your birth chart and the effects are amplified, um, or if it's like negatively afflicted, then you would have those negative effects amplified. So that's what I'm saying. There's so many factors at play. So basically, it's either you're going to have a really good time with the retrograde, like an extra good time if you, you know, whatever, or you're going to have a worse time. And things these things are going to be hard, which is why where the RE words come into play. So the ones I've thought of for Mercury retrograde, especially retrograde in Capricorn. So what that basically means, Mercury retrograde through Capricorn, just give me a recap. I covered it on the episode last week, but it's very important because Capricorn has a lot to do with this, um, full moon. So, you know, cause nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Like all these energies are affecting us together collectively and we can look at just one, but I think it's better to look at the overall picture. That's what I'm tra- here trying to help do, make it a little simplified for you. Um, so Mercury retrograding through Capricorn is basically a time to rethink our structures related to communication or, um, or even our structures related to how we think. So just rethinking your thinking. So if what I mean by that is like, if you've ever heard of the term stinking thinking, like, do you have limited limiting beliefs or automatic negative thoughts where, um, you kind of hold yourself back by the way you think, or, um, maybe even you are not allowing yourself the space to clear your mind, to think well, that would be some kind of thing to, to think about putting a structure in your life during this Mercury retrograde through Capricorn to allow yourself to think more clearly um, on a more regular basis. That would be a good endeavor if that's something that you need. Um, so the RE words for Mercury retrograde through Capricorn that I've just brainstormed 
are rethink, reorganize, rebuild, review, rewrite, reflect, reinforce, reiterate, return, revise, and research. And you can literally apply those to whatever. Honestly, I don't even want to give you too much interpretation. Like if you need some ideas, I'm happy to. But I think if it's one of those things that if you just listen through those words, like scroll back, you know, scrub back a little bit and listen to them again and just think what comes up when I say reinforce, what do you need to reinforce in your life? Is it good habits you need to reinforce, um, things that you want to create more of or reiterate? Are there boundaries that you need to reiterate? You know, probably something came up um, when I said the word. And so that's what I would hope that you would just take that and run with it and not like use my interpretation to cloud your ideas too much. You know, somewhere deep down in your awareness, you know, like what you need to do. Um, And I'm happy to help facilitate like finding that. And that's actually my point with the journal prompts and yoga practices is to try and give you a special container related to get the energy flowing so that you can reflect in a productive way on these things that I'm talking about so that you can come to the answer that's appropriate for you. Right. And I'm, I'm really highly trained in helping you find that, but I can't in this format, in the podcast format, cause I don't know anything about it. Like it's, it's, I can't do it. Like I can't tell you without having a conversation with you basically is what I'm saying. Um, so then the RE words related to Venus retrograde, Venus is retro. It started its retrograde motion in Sagittarius or sorry, in Capricorn. And it is now retrograde in Sagittarius. And now at the time of the full moon, Mars will be with it in Sagittarius, just kind of amplifying that energy even more. Venus governs, excuse me, governs our love relationships, um, sense of luxury and indulgence finances, um, and things like that. So having it retrograde through Sagittarius, basically, and then especially once Mars joins it, it will feel like we'll need to examine our relationship with indulgence and how we're expressing ourselves. Um, and especially like with Mercury retrograde too, it's very, very much a time to re-examine how you are expressing yourself, especially in intimate partner relationships or in relationship, um, or creatively, how you're expressing yourself. Are you fully expressing your truth? And it's time to review and reflect upon that and rethink if you need to, or reinforce if it's going well, basically is the idea. So some words specific to Venus retrograde are reinvigorate, revitalize, reflect, redecorate, redesign, review specifically your finances. The review for Mercury retrograde is like review anything, review whatever you want, review your taxes, review your um, budget, your emails before you send them, proofread your texts and your posts and your whatever review in that sense, especially related to communication things. But I was thinking that it's like interesting because I'm working on my taxes also this week you know, personal taxes, business taxes, all those things since January, right? Um, It's time to do that. And I was like, wow, Venus uh, in Capricorn, especially Venus retrograde in Capricorn 
it's the energy is really like supportive of doing that right now. So if you want, you know, try not to procrastinate your taxes this year is what I'm saying. Go ahead and get a jump on it because the energy is very supportive of getting very organized, um, getting all your ducks in a row related to that. Okay, so that's all I want to say about the retrogrades, but they are a big deal. So that's why I kind of spent a decent amount of time on it. I think, you know, it's important. It's a big, big part of the energy right now. And then um, the sun entering Capricorn today is actually, so I mean, that adds to the energy because that means the full moon is happening in Cancer, which is, it's being aspected by all of this stuff that's going on in Capricorn. Um, so because the sun is in Capricorn, like I, I, so I explained this in the Rahu and K2 episode that I put up, or actually, sorry, will put up today for the members, um, where I talk about, there's a lecture on just Rahu and K2 and what they are and what they mean and how to kind of assess some of your karmas in this lifetime, uh, karmic lessons through just learning about Rahu and K2. And then, um, more specifically, we dove into the karmic lessons of this year and all of that stuff. So I explained, um, some astro astronomical concepts there. I have to keep track, um, of what I've said where, so I'm not like saying something that you may not understand if you're not a member. Um, but so when a, when a new moon or sorry, full moon happens, the sun and the moon are completely opposite each other in the sky. So like from Earth's perspective, the moon's on one side, the sun's on the other. And the sun shines all of its light possible onto the moon. That's what makes it appear full from our point of view. Um, and so they're, they're in opposite points of the sky. In a new moon, they're in the same sign. In a full moon, they're in opposite points of the sky. And so everything that's happening... In Capricorn, where the sun is, uh, is also basically being projected energetically onto the moon. So this Mercury retrograde, Venus retrograde, um, I'm going to go ahead and include the Venus retrograde because uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but because the nakshatra that, um, the, the lunar mansion that the full moon is happening in has a connection to Jupiter. That's all I feel like I need to say. So the energies of Sagittarius are very related, but also even if that wasn't the case, the Venus retrograde and Mars and Sagittarius is pretty hard to ignore. Like that's going to be an energy you're feeling anyway, even if it didn't have that direct connection with the full moon, but it does. So that's why I bring all this up. Even though I went over it last week, I just am bringing it up again to reiterate and remind you, because it's retrograde, right? Are you words? Um, so to reiterate, re reiterate and remind you and also bring it up in a way that like, hopefully it makes sense of how to work with this full moon energy um, in a really productive way. So we'll get there in a moment. Um, I was talking about the sun entering Capricorn today. So it just entered today and the full moon's in three days. So the sun just barely makes its way into Capricorn right before the full moon. And in India, there is a festival. It is the only festival. So India has a lot of festivals that are astrologically determined, which in a roundabout way, so does like everywhere else. It's just, I think India like acknowledges it a little bit more 
than some other places, like uh, some other places, especially the U.S. Actually, I'm totally directly talking about the U.S. Um, we kind of have lost track of the sort of pagan roots um, to our things. Anyway, different topic for another day. India acknowledges it, and this festival um, or observance, if you will, Makara Sankrati is celebrated when the sun enters Capricorn every year. And it's the only one determined by the solar calendar. Like there's tons of stuff related to the moon, like Diwali is set by when something happens with the moon. And um, lots of other ones are determined by the moon. Like if you're new around here, Jyotish Vedic astrology is a primarily lunar-based system as opposed to the astrology widely used in the U.S. that's a primarily solar-based system. So that's different. So that's a pretty big deal that this is the only observance indicated by the solar calendar. It's, it happens when the sun enters Capricorn. And the reason it's celebrated or observed in this way is because the sun entering Capricorn is a pretty big deal because um, it happens around the winter solstice. So it used to hundreds of years ago um, actually thousands at this point, almost, um, happen. It used to coincide with the winter solstice. So it's said that the sun is weak the whole time between the summer solstice and the winter solstice because its power is being drained because the days are getting shorter. So the sun and all its astrological qualities are weakened. And then starting at the winter solstice, when the days start getting longer, the sun starts gaining strength back and then now so those dates don't coincide anymore because science um but but uh because the procession of the equinox is really and i wrote a whole article about that um it's on my website about it's called what is vedic astrology or what it, it talks about the differences and it goes over some of that stuff if you want to know um but basically they don't coincide anymore but the sun already starts gaining strength as of the winter solstice, and then beginning on when the sun enters Capricorn. So Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. It is the only pair of signs like that that are ruled by the same planet, two signs in a row. They're both Saturn. And technically, the sun and Saturn are considered great enemies, which is interesting um, but the sun has directional strength or known as Digbala in Sanskrit, directional strength in Capricorn because it's the natural 10th sign and the 10th sign has a connection to the 10th house, which is, um, where the sun is very strong. So if you have sun in the 10th house, congrats, you have a very strong sun. Um, <laughs> if you want to know more about what that means, please just ask me. Um, or get a reading if you want to dive more into more than that. But um, so because the 10th sign in the 10th house have this connection to external manifestations and what makes us shine bright in the world. So the sun has directional strength in Capricorn. But then it also, starting today, when the sun enters Capricorn, the sun will be under Saturn's influence um, because also right now it's it's extra special this year and last year too, actually, um, because this, 
Saturn is in Capricorn also right now. So that's just amplifying the energy even more. Um, and this energy will continue until March 15th when the sun enters Pisces because after Capricorn, it moves to Aquarius, which is also ruled by Saturn. Um, yeah, but the good news is then Jupiter will be there. And then around the same time that the sun is moving to Pisces shortly thereafter, so will Jupiter be, and that will be a good thing. Um, so the reason I explain that and bring it up is because, um, it's all aspecting the full moon. It's all having an effect on the full moon. So right now I'm going to begin talking about the full moon, but I just wanted you to have all that inf background information because those energies are actually like very different than the energy of the full moon, but they're affecting it. So it's worth bringing up. And in the journal prompts and the yoga practices, I have designed to take all of that into account. And so I'll kind of, hopefully it'll wrap up with a nice bow when I start explaining that. So the full moon now, finally, um, I think that was all very important background information. I'm glad you stuck through it. The full moon is happening on Monday at 6.46 p.m. Eastern time. So East Coast, U.S., New York time or whatever. Um, it's happening in Cancer, in Pushya Nakshatra, which is a lunar mansion, which um, to give a brief explanation, reminder, or um, first-time explanation, if you're new around here, is a lunar mansion. It's a system that Vedic astrology gives us. They pretty much function just like signs. They're just a little bit more specific. So they're constellations in the sky that are smaller than they exist within zodiac signs. And so they're just a way to get more specific. There's 12 zodiac signs. There's 27 nakshatras or lunar mansions. Um, and so they really affect the energy, especially of the moon. So, um, uh, but Pushya is completely located within cancer. So the cancer energy here is like strong and, um, cancer. What do we know about cancer? It's a water sign. It's ruled by the moon. So the lunar energy is really strong. The, um, like nurturing divine mother energy is very strong. Um, also there's a heightened spiritual awareness and intuition. This full moon is a great time for meditating, uh, in general. And then Pushya actually translates to nourisher. So that just, you know, take the cancer energy and like heighten it even more. Um, the symbol of Pushya is the udder of a cow, which um, in India, cows are sacred. People don't eat cows the way they do here in the in the U.S., but they do drink the milk. And um, so that represents nourishment. And also, uh, it's kind of like a universal nourishment, like because um, everybody drinks. It's like cow's milk nourishes everybody you know, like milk and honey. It's not like it doesn't discriminate. It's like nourish is universal. Um, and also the cow is in the Vedic tradition is a symbol for fertility and productivity. So I think those things also bring this kind of 
link back to um, the Sagittarius and Venus energy I was talking about. It comes back to like, because Venus rules Taurus, it kind of brings in this Taurus, you know, Venus element um, uh, with the fertility. And then also um, productivity, just hearkening back to all the Capricorn energy going on. It's just bringing it all full circle, right? But then um, the ruling deity of this nakshatra is actually another name for Jupiter. Um, But then the ruling planet of Pusha is Saturn. So that just even more so brings the energy back to this Capricorn and Aquarius energy we have going on. Jupiter's in Aquarius right now, also bringing, you know, so we just have a lot going on on the, like, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius axis at, like, around those three zodiac signs. And additionally, um, like I mentioned last time, the Kalasarpa Yoga, I briefly explained that. You can go back and listen to the last episode. But basically, um, it's just a really strong, auspicious time to think about all of these qualities related to these signs I've been talking about. Um, so like your passions, your structures, your um, connection with the greater good, all of these types of things I've been talking about really over the past couple of months. And we'll continue to talk about through February. These energies going on, it's a powerful, powerful time to rethink um, how you're showing up in those ways. And if it's working, reinforce it. If it's not, reorganize it, rebuild it, reflect, you know, do some research, right, around what would work better. Um, It's a really big time to go kind of internally and look at all of those things. So um, just some other, like, indicators of this full moon. It brings a strong sense of family, home, and community, Um, as well as an affinity for good food and social enjoyment. Um, So that just also brings it back to Venus retrograde in Sagittarius. It's just like, it's a time where those things might, um, you have to kind of watch out for overindulgence in those areas. But I suspect that now with all this very strong Capricorn energy going on, overindulgence is not going to be the issue. And if it is, just reflect on that and do your own um, inner work to decide if that is the issue for you or if it's more of an issue of underindulgence. Because like I was saying, retrograde energy can bring either heightened or diminished expressions of a planet. So um, if you're experiencing, um, that's why I say the Venus retrograde is so important because this full moon is indicating some things that could also be um, kind of distorted to one way or the other by Venus retrograde. And it's important to look at that. It's important to look at how you're showing up in those ways. Um, so just to tie it in a nutshell, before I move on to the journal prompts and yoga practices, um, this full moon is a time to consider your relationship with nourishment. Are you nourishing yourself well? And by that, I mean in the most holistic sense possible. I mean, yes, of course, with your diet and your food, is your food nourishing? Is it adding to your health and to your well-being and to your 
um, energy or is it diminishing? You know, do you feel better after you eat or do you feel worse? Do you feel heavy and sluggish or like have digestive problems? So yes, food is a big part of that, obviously. Um, but then also like, how are you nourishing your mind and your body and your spirit? Um, are you taking time to rest? Are you taking too much time to rest? And maybe you need to, um, kind of get out of a slump and exercise a little bit or get moving, get some sunshine. You know, these are all questions like, you know, the answer probably somewhere deep within your awareness. And if you need help sorting it out, I'm always here for you. Um, you're more than welcome to reach out with me, reach out to me with basic questions. Or if you want a session, this is the perfect kind of questions that readings are good for helping you sort through. Um, so all that is to say, consider your relationship with nourishment. How are you nourishing yourself? And we could go into like how you're nourishing others for sure. But I think I thought about it long and hard before, um, I started recording the episode and I was like, well, astrology is mostly a self-development journey, right? So while I totally see value in like worrying about caring for others, um, this might not be the venue for that. And I will cover that as part of the Venus retrograde series, um, on the science of light, because I think it's important, an important balance, an important distinction that we all have to walk this like balance between having boundaries and not becoming too self-isolating and treating people as they're disposable. Um, and the balance between like up-leveling ourselves, but also caring for community. It's, it's tough to navigate. So that's what we'll be talking about that over on the science of light. But so here, this is your venue for self-growth, for worrying about yourself, right? Um, so we'll talk more about those nuances elsewhere um, related to the Venus retrograde. But anyway, so your journal prompts for this full moon, considering all of that energy at play, are number one, this is a multi-part question, uh, what is my relationship with nourishing myself? And so to dive more into that, here are the multi-parts of the question. How do I experience nourishment now and how would I like to? Are those two things the same or different? Um, and then if they are different, what are the barriers between how you experience it now and how you would like to? These could be things like your stories, your beliefs, your conditioning, your upbringing, um, societal barriers, all very real things. But the only way to begin to change them is to bring awareness around them. So what's your relationship with nourishing yourself? And is there a gap between how you experience it now and how you would like to? And then the second question is, what do you want to nourish in your life this year? So it's January. We're still in like planning for the year time. Actually, I covered that on the last episode. It's like, and in the Rahu and K2 episode that's going out for the members, um, so look back over the past year, what stood in the way of the things that you deeply, deeply want to nourish in your life and in what ways can you release those things? Because it is a full moon, so it is about releasing things that are not helping you nourish yourself or nourish the seeds that you want to plant in your life. So for yoga practices, um, the, the overall theme is less thinking and more feeling. Um, so... The types of practices that, I, in my opinion, could really help with that are an intuitive practice where you just 
move and don't even worry about if it's that like actual yoga asana that you're doing. Just move and move with what feels good. Move with your breath. Let your breath inflate your body in one direction and soften it in another as you exhale and inhale, you know, so, um, that kind of practice, a very intuitive, like eyes closed, don't worry about what it looks like, worry about what it feels like, or then also restorative practice to get into a space of quiet and meditation, tap into that heightened spiritual awareness and intuition, um, that is indicated also by this time. But then, um, also, Cancer is a natural indicator of the chest, so heart opening practices are really good ones to do. Um, and then remember, related to that, the hearts or the hands are an extension of the heart. So if you want to do any like wrist exercises, um, like mudras, those could be really good too. Especially um, like apana mudra, that's a releasing mudra. And then also to bring in all of the um, Capricorn energy at play cultivating some kind of consistent practice, or at least beginning that are all the kinds of things that would be indicated right now. And so that's it for today. I hope that was helpful. I hope you will reach out to me if you have any questions. And if you would like to book a reading, please see the show notes or visit my website, yogiscopes.com and click on offerings. You can also get um, your chart there, join the membership, all kinds of great resources. I look forward to hearing from you and working with you more. Happy almost full moon. Take care, friends.